Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the 1024 Podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about work, uh, career, balancing that work and home life with, uh, with your spiritual walk with the Lord. Um, unfortunately, today, we're, we're down a member of the crew. Uh, Rusty uh, is having to take, a, take some vacation time from the podcast, so we're going to have to uh, dock his pay a little bit. But Drew, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. Yeah, we're sad that Rusty's not here. He's having a little uh, a car trouble, as it were, as we've all had at one point or a time or another. His uh, his wife's car is uh, is down in the the dirt, so they're having to have one car going around, and taking all their kids around, and you know, just going out. So he wasn't able to make it. But I'm good, man. I'm just uh, I'm trying to lose all these lbs that I gained from the holidays, man. I feel like I uh, I ate way too much. Drew, I know you're not on Instagram, but uh, you need to. You may need to get get the app back just to tune into mine and Josh's "I'll Say It" uh, page, um, because we did a, a Thanksgiving. Yeah, we're we're doing it back. Uh, we did a Thanksgiving food draft, and what what is your shameless number one? Plug. What is your number one Thanksgiving food? Yeah, shameless plug. If you're on Instagram, go follow "I'll Say It." Shameless plug. I hear you. Okay, well, my <laughs> number one favorite is dressing. Okay, but we have to have a conversation first before we get into this because. I've heard some people argue with me. Like I had some guy argue with me in the station today when I took leftovers the other day um, from Thanksgiving that my dressing, what I refer to as dressing, is stuffing. And mm-hmm. that's just completely incorrect. My Stuffing is like little – like okay, I would say stuffing is like that little bits and pieces like the – you know what I'm saying? The little uh, like crumbly things. Crumbs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, and like a dressing is like – in a pan like you cut it with like a knife or whatever kind of like brownies but for like actually substantial food hmm well i'm not i'm not a uh, as sarah kate will tell you i'm not a, a southern food connoisseur i i didn't really grow up eating a whole lot of like like sundays we didn't ha- we went out to eat we didn't like go home and have southern home cooking so i don't really have a dog in the uh, the dressing versus stuffing fight but you you're you're camp dressing and there, there's a difference between the two of them Yes, 100%. And if you say that my dressing is stuffing, I'm just sorry, you're playing wrong. Like there's there's just no if and if buts about it. Like that's just not that's not correct. And if you don't like dressing, I'm sorry. I just I, I don't know if we can be friends. I'm, I'm so are you are that. you also a fan then of stuffing, or are you just no, a dressing fan? Well, okay, I take that back. I am. I will eat stuffing, but like if there was dressing, for, so for my my grandma who we call Mama. Um, she has always made dressing. She has never made any stuffing. It's always dressing and what she calls like giblet gravy. Um, yeah. I don't know if you know what that is. Um, yeah, we got giblet gravy. It's really good. Yeah, so we always uh, put that on our mashed potatoes and our dressing and our turkey. And so we've always just had dressing. But I mean, I, I, I will, won't say stuffing's bad. It's just, it's not dressing. Like, why, well, if you could have the other, why would you choose the inferior one? You know what I'm saying? Why would you do that? Yeah, why would you, why would you willingly choose the uh, the substitute? I get you. Okay, so all right, so that mine's dressing. What is yours, John? I'm a mac and cheese guy. Mac and cheese, man. Um, Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, they, okay. I, okay. I'm. I am a I am a 100% supporter of mac and cheese. Anybody who knows me will tell you I love mac and cheese. But you cannot choose as your Thanksgiving. We're talking about like Thanksgiving meal, something that you only get once a year. That you're going to choose mac and cheese, which you could acceptably make any other time of the year. Are you kidding me? 
Well, okay. See, most of that's uh, all that is acceptable. I'm not saying it's bad to have it. I'm just saying, as your Thanksgiving, like this is my top tier of the whatever. I'm just disappointed that you chose mac and cheese. But how was Sarah Kate's house? Did uh, Sarah Kate's uh, family? Did y'all have fun? Yeah, we had a we had a great Thanksgiving, man. We had a really good time. We got to see all the all the nieces and nephews. Everybody came around. rode rode the four wheelers. Uh, hung out in the uh, played in the woods a little bit. Uh, we went to her sister's house. They've got like forty acres, so we just oh, shoot hung around, had a good time. Okay, ate lots of food. Sarah Kate did lots of Black Friday shopping. Oh yeah, so it was oh, good. Oh yeah, as you should, as you should. You have to get the deals. Yeah. So here's another question going how on was... on yours. What? Yeah. How, how much land is enough? If we're talking about what what would you like to live on, what what how many acres or if any any acres? Um, fifteen. Fifteen acres with a two acre pond. Oh heck yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't even include the pond in my thought. I was gonna say at least ten, but and if yeah, it was more yeah. than ten, it would need to be wooded, because I'm not gonna yeah, sit there and I don't want, spend a whole day cutting my grass. It's just not gonna happen every day. Yeah, I don't want I don't want 20 acres of field, no. but I'll take five acres of field and 10 acres of woods. Because if I can hunt it or if I've got a pond or I can make something happen with it, yeah, yeah, yeah that's where. Okay, I'm at I hear you. Yeah, and I, I yeah. would I would but, take the pond as well. But my Thanksgiving was good. Uh, yeah. I spent my Thanksgiving at the station. Um, I was uh, I was at work as you know. Sometimes when the holidays comes around, we just get get picked on them for for holidays, and this was my year to work Thanksgiving. So, but I do get Christmas off, so we'll take. I I personally will there take Christmas off over Thanksgiving every single day. It's my. Did you uh you? Everybody stay safe at the station. You'll have a lot of calls that day, or how? Yes, was no, it? no. We uh, the, what we were discussing in our uh, in our other group chat. We have an, uh, another group chat with some other friends that we grew up with. Um, they were uh, debating on how many uh, turkey fires that I would get, but actually, I didn't get any. So there you go. Everybody had a good. Hey, no turkey yep, everybody fires. Everybody had a good Thanksgiving. It was great. So there you go. Hey, shout shout out the propane burners, keeping everybody safe on yep, Thanksgiving. Shout them out. Well. Drew, people don't tune in for us to sit here and talk about food and uh, 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 you know life that much. But it was a good transition because talking about your job, uh, I think at this point most people know what we do for work. But so explain to the people what we're going to be talking about today and how it relates to to our walk with the Lord. Well, we just wanted to talk about. Um, I feel like a lot of people, myself included, definitely, um, be, because I went into a. Uh, um, a career, we'll say, of service. You know, I, I I was and still am very proud of what I do, and a lot of people, you know, put their identity into what they do for a living, and I 100% have fallen into that camp before, um, and really, it, it comes to a point of almost idolatry, um, and we'll get into that a little bit, um, mm. because as soon I feel like as soon as you start putting your identity not in the Lord, you know, you're, you're pretty much idolizing something else, you know, like if I was to say like, yeah. cause you know, people always, when I, when I was younger, when I first started the job, you know, before I, I kind of turned my life, try to turn my life around to the Lord, I would always introduce myself as, you know, Drew the firefighter. Like if I, if I was, you know, had to, if you asked me what I was, I would say I'm a firefighter. Like, you know, that's just kind of what yeah. I rolled out. And like I said, I'm very, very proud of what I do, you know, still am, but you know, Really, it should be, you know, I'm Drew Gaddis, a child of God. I'm, I'm Drew Gaddis, you know, the Christian, you know what I'm saying? That, that's what people should be thinking yeah. of you when when they meet you. And, what, like, that's that's something that should be 
overarching that shines through. And, you know, again, if you, yeah. I feel at least in, in my life and my experience, as soon as I started taking my focus off of the Lord, then I was idolizing my work. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people struggle yeah. with that. Yeah, I think I think what I've seen um, with a lot of people I, I come into contact with is, you know, realistically, in your day, you spend the most time at work. You know, if you work a typical work schedule, and I know that you don't work a typical work schedule, but you're you're putting in at least 40 hours a week in what you're yeah. doing. Um, you know, very rarely do you have 40 conscious hours of doing anything else. You know, if you're if you're married, like by the time your wife and you both get home from school or from work and before you go to bed, you know, there's, you're probably not going to have eight hours a day to be able to make that time up. And you've got weekends and stuff that, that come into play there. But really, I think a lot of why people's work identity becomes so strong is because that's where a vast majority of their time is spent, uh, you know, trying to provide for their family or trying to make a name for themselves. And I don't think any of those things are bad in and of themselves, you know, in a vacuum. But I think that we become so focused on, you know, trying to to work hard or trying to earn a certain amount of money or, or earn a certain status that we neglect other aspects of our life and it becomes work focused instead of you know work it's it, our, our lives become work focused instead of our lives being god focused and work being a means of ministry if that makes yeah, sense. yeah 100 and i you know obviously i don't have any experience being a woman so i i, I come through it from the, the man's perspective and i feel like the the reason that men do it, or at least I have, is because, you know, there was always an overarching want to be a part of something bigger than myself, you know. And, I, you know, a mm. lot of times when I was younger and wasn't putting too much emphasis on my faith, I was always looking to be a part of something bigger than myself, you know, looking to be, you know, part of a group or a part of, you know, the job yeah. or, you know, what have you name it you know i tried to do it but we have to remember too or i have to remember that we're already a part of something bigger we're all part of the we're part of the family of god you know we're, we're that he literally calls us children of god once we accept you know jesus as our savior we're we're children of god so we're already part of something way bigger than ourselves and you know we need to put our identity in being you know that child of god instead of you know putting our identity as you know you know name it the accountant the you know the lineman, the whatever, the whatever you're doing, you know, yeah. I feel like the physical therapist, the, the whatever, yeah, whatever yeah. you're doing, um, you know. And for me, I think that's been really tricky because like I've worked, um, I mean, the role I'm in now is a little bit different, but a lot of what I've done in my adult life, even while I was in college has been ministry related, whether it's been, I mean, right now I'm the volunteer youth pastor at our church. So we don't have one on staff. So I'll include that with my work because it takes up a large portion of my time. But even when working in ministry, man, like it's, you have, sorry, that was my cat that jumped. You've got to consciously remind yourself like working in ministry, that's not a substitute for intentional time with your relationship with God. Like me going and, and being a part of a church as a staff member or as a, as a worker for them, that's good. And that's furthering the kingdom if I'm doing my job correctly, but that's not a replacement for my one-on-one time intentionally diving into the word and growing my own faith. Yeah, 100%. And Um, that's a great point too, because I I really, I guess, haven't even thought of this, but something that y'all should know about me is that I, growing up, I've always worked in the church until I was, until I joined the department, um, which I'm at now. Um, I'd always, whether it was, you know, intern at the student ministry or working for our um 
our athletic ministry or, you know, even I, I worked uh, maintenance at our church for a little bit. I was always a part of the church, like even where I worked, like everything that I did always revolved around being at church. And so, which is a good thing because it always kept me, you know, accountable and it always kept me um, around good godly people. Um, but once I started going into the fire department, uh, it was the first time I'd ever been around a secular group of people um, for a long, long period of time. And it was really an eye opener because it, and it was a trap um, for me because, again, I'd always wanted to be a part of something bigger. And so, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a kind of a people pleaser um, a little bit. I, I don't like to pretend that I am, but, you know, deep down, I, you know, I think everybody <laughs> likes to please the people around them or, you know, wa- be wanting to be a part of, you know, one of the boys or one of the girls, you know. And, and yeah. so to do that, you know, obviously, if you when you get away from, you know, working in the church, you know, just in a secular environment, you know, things necessarily aren't always centered around the Lord. Um, and so that was a big trap for me. And it, you know, it, it was probably definitely one of the, the reasons that I kind of fell away from the Lord for the period of time that I did. Um, because again, I, you know, to be a part of, be accepted, you know, I had to do, you know, I was doing some things that, you know, I, I definitely should not have been because it was just a secular environment. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, to, to, to appease the masses of the people you work with. And I think I think that's something that, like, um, when I first graduated college, man, the first full-time job I had, I was selling cars. Um, and I worked at a place that had a, a pretty decent reputation as far as, you know, car lots go. But I worked with a bunch of guys, man, who were just scummy. Um, and that was the first time that I had seen, my, like, my work environment have to be a ministry because I worked with people who would scam people out of, thousands of dollars and be happy about doing it because it meant more money lying in their pockets. Uh, and and I, I took fire from some of my bosses because I wasn't willing to scam people. I wasn't willing to, to push people to spend more money than they had or I wasn't willing to, to cut corners. Like I was going to fight for my customers even if it meant less money in my pocket. And in the world of sales, especially car sales, I mean, that didn't make me a great car salesman. But I wasn't ever going to allow the the circumstances or the environment of my work to change who I was at my core. I wasn't going to allow that to dictate my character. Um, and, and that was the first time I had worked with people who I, I had just seen be so cruel and so so hateful. I mean, I can remember working with people and they would just throw on a random $7,000 worth of extra costs to their customers just because it meant more money for them. Uh, and I was like, I can't do that. And so I didn't I didn't last too long in car sales, but working in that environment drew like you said like just that secular world and i'm not saying that all people who are believers are, are bad influences or you shouldn't be around them because like jesus hung around them and, and uh, yeah we can get into that whole thing on another another time i'm just saying that as far as work goes if, if you're if part of your identity is who you are and what your career is you have to be very careful about what aspects of that career you allow to influence your character 100 percent, and um, i mean that you are a product you know, of your friends or, or the people who you hang around, um, whether friends or, or not, just the people that you're around most of the time, generally Absolutely. it creates, you know, you, you pick up little, you know, just little nuances from them or how you want to, you know, act or whatever. That's how you, you generally pick them up from the people that you're around. And I mean, you know, I, you know, obviously it's said a lot, but it, it is true. Um, and that's why, you know, having 
a good godly group of people around you being in community with people is so important because you know the the fact of the matter is uh, you know as we've both learned you know most people are not going to be in um in ministry and not going to be around you know the church every single day of their lives you know it's obviously a, a very big blessing to be but you know most people don't and so with that fact, we know that we have to get our, you know, good godly influence from somewhere else. Usually, you know, not, not around, you know, the people at work. Now I've been blessed. Now Rusty, Rusty works with me. And so that's, you know, I, I spend a lot of time, Rusty and I spend a lot of time together and that's what, you know, it's, it's gone so much to grow me because of the good influence that he's been on my life. But, you know, being a community with other people as well, just make sure that they're, good godly people because you know i'll be the first one to tell you you know that's why i i fell off because of the influences that i had in my life you know like i said you know drinking you know going out and having sex like you know taking girls home like that was you know that's just kind of like the cool thing to do and i mean you know it's not necessarily just i mean that's just anywhere if it's not you know if it's not god-centered you know that's what you're going to get and you know the lord calls us to be in community with other people so we have to make sure that we're choosing our friends correctly and Another thing that I wanted to, to add on to that is that uh, a, a pastor that we used to have, you and I both have, Pastor Tom Smiley, he used to say all the time is don't back up on Jesus, you know, in the boardroom, in the homeroom, in the classroom, you can't back up on Jesus. And, you know, that's that's 100% the hardest thing to do, I would say, in our, in my life at least, you know, because, again, there's just, you know, peer pressure is a real thing, you know, like yeah, it's it's real, you know, you can't. Which you can't back up on, can't back up on Jesus because you know the devil will throw all these things. You know, hey, this is not so bad. You know, you do just do it one time. You know, it's okay. You know, but you can't, can't back up on Jesus. You can't back up on Jesus, no matter where you are. You can't back up on Jesus. Yeah, and I think that like, you know, it's it's really easy to say, you know, don't back up on Jesus. As as most things are, it's easy to say, harder to do. Oh, one hundred percent. But I think that the 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 tricky thing with it is. You know, in, in school, especially if you're, you know, as a student, you pretty much have room to say whatever you want about your beliefs. Um, uh-huh. You know, no, no, te- no teacher can get, in, can get you in trouble for saying, for, for you praying before your lunch or whatever, like in public schools here in America. Like, we're blessed to have that. Yeah. But in the workplace, you have to answer to somebody else. And if they don't like your behavior or they don't like, I mean, you know, you have to to an extent, kind of bow to the will of the, uh, the workplace. And, um, you know, for most people, I think that they probably work in a place where, you know, they're not going to be fired for praying or fired for, you know, living a Christ life, Christ like life, because it probably goes along with, you know, the code of conduct for that company, but you may face scrutiny from, you know, coworkers or your, uh, your, you know, your supervisors for not being willing to, to do certain things or, or, you know, uh, talk a certain way or, or keep up with sort of the, the cut arounds in the office and stuff like that. Um, and I think that it's just that my, my first experience in full-time work changed my, my eyes and my, my perspective around being a Christian in a, in a secular world, because, you know, in, in, even in college, I could find my, my group of believers and, and the guys that I hung out with, or I was so involved with working in the church. It was, you know, it wasn't a big deal, but then working somewhere else, it was like nobody I worked with was a Christian um, or, you know, they were churchgoers maybe, but they weren't Christians. And so I was just kind of like in my own little world. And that definitely, uh, I wasn't grounded enough in my faith during that time. And that definitely kind of set me back because I just allowed some of that negative influence to get 
get too too close to to who I was. But I got a question for you, Drew, about all of this. Right. Um, you know, do you think that people are? And I guess your your experience would come from the fire department, so we'll go with that. But do you think that the people you work with um, are more? In, do you think it's easier for you to talk to the people you work with about about Jesus and Christianity, or do you think it's easier for you to talk to strangers about about Jesus and Christianity? Oh, it was one hundred percent. I would say easier for you to start, or for me at least, to talk to strangers because, I mean, like you said, it's um, it's easy when those people don't know you or easier at least for me that mm-hmm. those people don't know you they don't know you from you know Jack and Jill on the street you know they they don't know who you are like you'll part ways more than likely after you get done with your conversation and may not even see this person again um so really they have no effect on your life whatsoever but you know if somebody at work you, you know you the likelihood that you see them you know every day or you know in my case every third day and especially like you like you said John especially when those people have power over over you to some extent to do you know something that could be adverse to either your career or yeah. career or reputation or you know whatever it is that you know in your in your career they may have they may have the power to do something bad against you if they don't like what you say um so i would say it's 100 percent for me easier to talk about to talk to strangers how about you yeah i mean so my, my work situation is kind of complex right now. Um, so I work uh, doing animal shows um, for kids' birthday parties with a Christian company. So that, that's neat, um, and that's the majority of my income, but that's not full-time at the moment. So I'm also working part-time at a breakfast restaurant yeah. uh, as well as part-time at the church. I'm doing a whole bunch. I got my hand in a whole bunch yeah, of Yeah, but that's cool. Right like, uh, let's take a time out. We'll, we'll talk about this if you want to talk about John. Like, I, I want to talk about yeah. like you. Uh, you know, because, you know, one of the struggles that I think that, you know, you've gone through and, you know, we've all had different struggles is that you've had some some job issues just trying to find something that you enjoy yeah. and you like and, you know, want to be at for a little yeah, while. Um, so why don't you talk about that, if you don't mind, because uh, I'm sure there's some people yeah, that so, are out there in the same in the same boat as you, I'm sure. Yeah, no doubt. So quick story just to kind of set everything in perspective. Um you know, grew up never really knowing what I wanted to do. Um, you know, had had thought about doing everything from being a pilot to a veterinarian to a firefighter to surgeon to rock climber. Like li- literally anything that would have been cool as a job, I had thought about doing it just because I always wanted something exciting. I didn't. I knew I didn't want to push papers. That was just never something I wanted to do. Um, got through high school, never really knew what I wanted to do. I uh, was challenged a lot. You know, what are you going to do? Are you going to go to college? Are you going to join the military? Are you going to do this? And I was like, oh, I'll go to college because it's the, it's the comfy route. Um, went to college, uh, got this really cool letter from the University of North Georgia that said, hey, you can't take any more classes until you declare a major. I was like, sweet. Lovely. <laughs> yeah, lovely. So I declared, <laughs> declared a major, uh, ended up majoring in communications with a focus in organizational leadership, which is just fancy words for communicating with people instead of communicating through the media. Heck yeah. All because I had taken one class as an elective that was communications, and I was like, this wasn't so bad. So I majored in that, ended up loving it, loved what I learned, taught me how to read people and group dynamics and, and talk to people. And um, I've always been an extrovert, so it just was a natural fit. And was kind of figuring out, you know, what I want to do with communications. Uh, it's really broad. I can go to a lot of things. Um, at the same time as I was figuring all this out, I started dating my now wife. She's from South Carolina. So 
uh, knew I was going to be moving up here, and uh, I had grown up in one town in my whole life and had contacts at some of the, at some of the biggest com- uh, companies in that city. And so for me, post-graduation, if I would have stayed in Gainesville, I probably could have gone to some of those companies and been like, hey, do you have any entry-level positions? Um, and, and probably gotten hired, not for anything super specific or high paying, but you know, I had an in at yeah, most sure. places. Which helps a uh, lot. Could have, could have, could have gotten, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not about what you do, it's who Sweet you know, right? It is. So I, I could have, I could have had a lot of opportunities, not for high paying or, you know, executive jobs, but entry level jobs. And being, but being up here in South Carolina, I knew nobody except for my wife's family. So man, I took the first job that offered me a paycheck, which was selling cars, um, worked lots of hours, lived in my wife's parents uh upstairs um for free very grateful for them but worked lots of hours made a decent bit of money but hated it just because of the culture um ended up quitting there and working in accounting and compliance which i hate numbers i hate pushing papers but i needed out of that toxic work environment so i was uh, stuck behind a desk doing accounting and compliance stuff Mm -hmm. but it was better because it gave me a more normal work schedule less hours um and decent pay it wasn't you know it was it was stable yeah wasn't sales but the whole time i was working there i was feeling the call to ministry which i had toyed with my whole life in in high school and college was you know do i want to be a youth pastor do i want to be a missionary like what's what is the call to ministry because i just felt like god had placed that on my life to some extent but never was 100 percent sure what that looked like um so then i ended up getting talked uh getting approached by a man from our church um, who was like, hey, I hear you're unhappy with your job. I've got a position for you in banking. So I left accounting and compliance and went to loan processing in the bank, uh, which was better, but still not Still great. not something that was you there really for... wanted to do. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and was still, was still figuring out, you know, do I want to be a full-time youth pastor? Do I want to, you know, go to, Christian, go, to, go to seminary and get a degree in Christian counseling? What, what do I want to do? Um, and then... You know, as newlyweds, I get go into this meeting with my boss, and he says, "Hey, we're restructuring some things. I just need to let you know this this position is not going to exist at the end of uh, May. Find a new job." Wow! Yeah, <laughs> so, that's terrible. Rowdy, rowdy. So um, it wasn't even that I was getting laid off or fired, which would have been easier to handle. It was just that the position was dissolving, and he, we were going our separate ways. Yeah. So newlyweds living off my wife's paycheck, who's a teacher. Um, yeah. I- <laughs> So that was that that was a, a trusting God. Moment. Yeah, and but yeah, that I'm sure that go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I'm sure that put a huge strain on your marriage too. I mean, I, I can't imagine because yeah. you know, just trying to settle down and figure out where you're gonna live. You know, and I, you know, Sarah Kate is about yeah. our age we, too, so she's just getting started on her job as well. So I mean, it's not like she makes you know bukus and money either. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. Public public high school special education teacher. We had just bought a house at the beginning of February. Um, yeah. <laughs> get laid off or, or, you know, don't have a job come the end of May. Uh, I was like, shoot, God, like, what what do you have me up here for? Because I, I, I defaulted back to that thing. You know, if I was in Gainesville, I could walk into some of the biggest companies there and have an yeah. in. And, you know, it wouldn't be a dream job, but it'd be a paycheck, sure, yeah. right? You know, I wouldn't be struggling to find work. Uh, and so I was like, God, you know, what, what do you, what will you have me do? Like, why, why, why have I struggled so hard with finding a job? And it, it was really tough for me in that, in that moment in time, because, um, Drew, you, you've alluded to it several times throughout the episodes, but like our good group of guy friends back home, like most of them at this point have gotten settled in, you know, pretty decent jobs, things in their career fields that they've wanted. Like you're in firefighting, you know, one of them's, uh, working in ministry, uh, one of them works in landscaping and loves it. One of them is, uh, 
um, working in accounting and he loves numbers. One of them is a civil engineer. So like these guys have have found their careers. They found, they found their, their spot and they love it. And I've just always kind of been the one who's floated around and done a whole bunch of different things and never felt like I knew exactly where I belonged. Yeah. So, um, I'll tell you this, if you are, uh, if you're listening and you ever want to just like rely solely on God, quit your job. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. Uh, but I'll tell you, you also, I felt like the laziest piece of crap because, uh, the end of May hit and I went off to go lead camp for a week unpaid, but I, I, it was something I'd committed to and it was something that I had, uh, uh, already planned and I was like you know this won't be a bad thing because at least I can't spend money at camp like at least I'm not going to be like spending more than mo- spending more than money we don't have yeah. exactly right so I went to camp my wife uh, stayed home and hung out with her folks but I was there and I just prayed a lot at that camp I was like God just give me direction um, you know tell me what you want me to do like I love working with kids I love working with youth I love what I'm getting to do at this camp like is is there a, something um, career here for me well, at the same time at that camp, my other, one of my other big roles is handling all the wildlife. So I go down a day before everybody else and uh, take care of all the bugs and the ant mounds and, and snakes and everything like that. And throughout the course of the camp, I keep I keep everybody, all the animals away from everybody. Um, yes, and John the ju- snake rambler. That's, that's exactly right. And it just so <laughs> happened that this year of camp, there were more snakes that came up than in any year prior. Uh, so I was busier than ever handling that stuff, good and of course, you know, good old Crawfordville, Georgia. Shout out, yeah. shout out, AH Stevens. Um, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> it just so happens that you know every time that I removed a snake from you know the girls' bathhouse or something, somebody else, somebody was there filming me removing these snakes, um, and I didn't think anything of it. I was just having fun playing with snakes in the woods. Like that's just what I love to do. Yeah, sure. Um, so th- I got sent all these videos, and man, I come back from uh, summer camp and immediately dive into our church's VBS. And so I'm helping run that and doing the worship rallies and getting kids hyped up and all this stuff. Um, and, you know, I was just like, God, like, this is what I live for. Working with youth, working with kids, ministry, like, I'm all in. Like, I'm going to find a youth pastor position. Um, and then my boss now, Randy, he uh, came and did his his critter program to close out our VBS. And I got to talking with him at the end of VBS and, and showed him you know, the videos of me catching snakes and working with students at camp. And uh, he was like, you know, get back with me at the end of summer and I might have something for you. And it wasn't really a very promising thing. It just felt like he was kind of pushing me off because we were talking and he was like, well, you know, like I get approached all the time about people wanting to do what I do. Like, you know, it it is what it is. Um, So I worked the rest of the summer, man. I worked construction. Um, And you want to talk about a job that makes you feel like a man, go build decks in 94 degree South Carolina heat. (laughs) <laughs> oh man, I'm sure. Yeah, it's just you'll, something that I wouldn't even know how to start doing. <laughs> you'll uh, you'll you'll get real real hot and sweaty real fast, and you come home yeah. dog tired. Uh, so I built decks Stay all summer, too. but at the end of summer, man, I just kind of become content after a lot of prayer and a lot of heartache, and I'll be honest, lots of crying and feeling out of place. But I became content with with work, and I was like, God, you know, if I have to work in a Zaxby's drive-through the rest of my life to provide for my family, if that's where you'll have me, then that's what I'll do. Like, if that's which what it's going to take. Is, yeah, which I, you know, sorry to interrupt. I know that there's more no, to the story, good. but I think that that's 100%. You know, in my experience, you know, I, I've kind of had a, a breaking story too, which is you know what you're kind of alluded to. You know, how the Lord kind of breaks us down to, yeah. 
let us fully realize how much we actually need him. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's always amazing when I listen to anybody tell, you know, everybody has, I won't say everybody, but I would say most people have, have a story of hardship in their time when they're yeah. like, man, I just realized how good the Lord is because, you know, he, you know, he allowed me to go down so low so yeah. I can realize how good he is, you know, yeah. and it's always amazing for me to listen to that. But sorry, John, go ahead. No, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right, man. Because, um, it was one of those things I had realized that I was idolizing and, and worshiping the idea of being in ministry. I was, I yeah. wasn't, fo- I wasn't focused on being in ministry for the sake of furthering the kingdom. I was focused on finding a job in youth ministry because that's what I wanted. And that's where I enjoyed being rather than saying, God, I want to be used as a tool for your sake. So I'm yes. going to work. And so it was a breaking moment. And I was like, God, if all I ever am is a Sunday school teacher and I work in Zaxby's or I work, you know, not digging Zaxby's, but I work in, you know, drive throughs or fast food the rest of my life. Like if that's yeah, where you'll yeah. have me, that's where I'll be. And it was no sooner had I said those things and like, and really accepted them, not just said them, but really, really accepted it and was like, you know what, I'm going to go out today and apply at some fast food restaurants and just, just get a paycheck coming in. Cause I'm tired of working construction. I'm tired of doing this. Um, and Sarah Kate had gone back to school and over the summer it was, it ended up being really good because I wasn't working. She's a teacher. She wasn't working. We got to spend a ton of time together and refocus our marriage, which was beautiful. Yeah. Um, but her going back to school, I was like, all right, I have to have full-time, you know, employment have to be bringing in a paycheck. The first day of school, um, that Sarah Kate was gone. Um, I messaged Randy on Facebook and I said, Hey, we talked earlier in the summer, man. I know this is a long shot. I know you probably didn't even mean any of this, but if you did, I was like, I'm still interested. And he got back with me that night. He's like 100% still interested. Been praying about this all summer. He's like, you, me, my wife and your wife, we're going to meet it uh, on the border in Greenville, South Carolina on Tuesday. This is like a Thursday. He's like, we're going to meet on Tuesday. And we're going to talk about everything. So yeah. we met for dinner. Um, he and I had several phone calls, uh, talked about what it would look like, what the payment would look like, what the, the future of me as doing Critter Keeper programs would look like. And I just felt a real peace about it. Um, so took that opportunity. Um, then ended up getting brought on kind of unofficially as the volunteer youth pastor at our church, which was something I was already pretty much doing, but now it's kind of like an, an understood position, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I've got all this time because nobody, nobody has critter nobody has me do do programs for him in the middle of the day so i went and got a got a part-time job waiting tables at a breakfast restaurant um just to get out of the house and and occupy some time and earn some extra money and that that has ended up being a really great um ministry for me because none of the people i work with are believers uh so that's been really cool and and so what i'll say man is like i know it's a long-winded story i know that i was all over the place but no it's a good one (laughs) the point i'm trying to make is like um, I learned such a dependence on God by not having a job and not having an identity in who I was. But I also learned such a, a, I learned that there is such beauty in that dependence. Like, you know, not, not that I've ever known poverty or not that I've ever known true hardships because I'm still super, super blessed to, to be, you know, where I'm at. But as a newlywed, not having a job, knowing I've got mortgage payments coming and, and seeing all this money going out to pay bills and seeing you know very limited funds in, in my wife and my bank account, trying to understand, you know, God, why would you, why would you have this position taken away from me? Why would you not provide me with something else? 
Um, all at the same time, you know, I didn't even touch on this. I was in talks to work for Upward Sports. They're headquartered here in, South, in Spartanburg, South Carolina. I had worked for Upward for one of the fastest growing Upward uh, programs in the Southeast at our ch- home church. So yeah, I had yeah, all yeah. this experience they were looking for. I had an in at Upward. I thought it was a shoe in Like, it was going to be a great paying job. I had the sales experience they were looking for. And, and it was kind of, you know, what I had put all my chips in. I had put all, all my eggs in that basket. and was like, this is where God's going to have me. And then they didn't hire me. They, they chose another candidate. Uh, and I, I was... Yeah, and I'm sure that like, was a kick in the gut. Yeah, I was, because literally the email I received is they were like, you know, you had we, you had all the experience we were looking for. We ended up going with a uh, another candidate who had um, a more sales experience but less upward experience, and and the position they were hiring for was somebody who is responsible for pitching why ch- how how churches should, should set up and organize their upward uh, sports programs within their their confines of their ministry, and I was like, yeah. that's literally what I did for our church. So you're going to tell me yeah. that somebody else knows that better? So yeah, that was that was that a kicker. Just had it, yeah. Yeah, that was a kick in the gut, but it was also a moment of humility where God was like, I'm going to use that person just as much as I would have used you. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'll use who I want to use where I want to use them. Uh-huh. Um, and so that was that was a good moment of just... Yeah, yeah humility. If you, <laughs> yeah, if you ever want to yeah. feel like, like crap, wait until God reveals himself and shows him just how faithful he's been. Um, because now, dude, I've got the coolest job. I get to work in ministry. I get to go to kids' houses and birthday parties and churches and schools and talk about cool animals and keep all these animals as pets that I always wanted to, but, um, could never justify the cost of, but now that they're making me money, I can, you know, go out and buy a $400 monitor lizard and just kind of like have it in my garage and hang out with it and, um, do all these cool things and, and get to share the gospel and, and share the beauty of God's creation with people. And so I'm yes. looking back on, on where I've come from career-wise and everything and where, where all of it's headed, I know that I'm super blessed because I've got a job where, um, you know, I'm not my own boss. Like, I do have somebody that I report to that has set expectations. But for the most part, I set my own schedule and I set, you know, my, my work parameters and, and my kind of thing. But my only coworker um, is my boss who's a strong believer and pushes me towards Christ. And then animals, and all the animals do is point me back towards, towards Christ and, and His beauty and and, and uh, promise in creation. Yeah, man, and, and it's, so it's so awesome that how. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but it's, no it's go. so awesome how, you know, the Lord will put you where He wants you. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I mean, like you said, I mean, it's it's His plan. It's always going to be His time. And I mean, again, we've touched on this in the past episodes as well. Is that you know, whether it's you know, a marriage, whether it's a relationship, whether it's your work, whether it's a hobby, anything, name anything. If Jesus is not in the center of it, or if it's not in God's timing or will, it will yeah. not come to fruition. And that's yeah. something, you know, just that I've had to learn, you know, as well. I mean, just with, you know, in, in my pursuit of, you know, hopefully a, a wife one day, you know, that of trying to find one that you know it, it has to be god's time and it has to be centered around the lord and even in my you know my search for work you know like it has to be you know i have to be using it like you said earlier as a means of ministry not yeah. necessarily you know who i am because again it's you know it's really idolatry if it's anything else you know like i mean if you're exactly, if you're putting exactly yourself right. anything else i mean in you know the Lord will always, you know, provide for you what you what you need. Like yeah. even though, like, you know, 
you went through some hard times, you know, and I'm sure that financially, you know, I'm, I'm sure I, I, you know, you know, how to tell me or whatever that, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that it was, uh, you know, extremely taxing on, you know, on you, your, you and your wife's relationship financially, anything, yeah. you name it, I'm sure it was terribly hard, but you know, it's, it's cool to see it you know, how the Lord will put you where he wants you to be, because, you know, I don't have necessarily a, you know, a, a job search story like that, you know, but like I, I, being a firefighter was not what I wanted to be always. Like I, right. I would, you know, I mean, you know, this growing up, I wasn't, I thought I was going to be a behavioral analyst is what I thought. I went to college for a few years and I thought that that was going to be what I was. Um, Work for the know, FBI, doing, for the BAU. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Seriously. That's what I thought I was going to be. Um, until, you know, a mutual acquaintance of ours, uh, showed me what they actually do because he is he kind of does the same thing um what they actually do is not as cool as they make it out to to be on tv which most things never are um so you know i i kind of just spun my wheels a little bit working for maintenance for the church a little bit and then you know a friend kind of you know said hey why don't you try out this firefighting thing and now i wouldn't you know i wouldn't credit for the world so I mean, yeah. you know it's, it's cool how the lord puts you where he where he wants you to be you know i mean yeah. you know again always in everything trusting god is the answer i mean any problem that you're going to have no matter what you what it is trusting the lord yeah. is the is the answer you know this it's and, and i'll pretty say simple. this man is like you know i had i realized now like how how prideful i was um, when my wife and I first got married, because like, I was, I was dead set and determined, man. I was like, man, both my wife and I, like we've lived on our own before like we've been responsible for our own bills. Um, we both have college degrees. Like we both, both are going to find jobs. Like we are not going to be those newlyweds that can't afford to make ends meet. Like we are not going to be those newlyweds that, that, uh, have to just eat ramen noodle and peanut butter sandwiches. Like we, we are going to, to make it and we're going to be okay. Not that we're going to be wealthy from day one, but like, we're not going to have, sure, yeah. fun. I was dead set and determined. And man, I was selling cars and I was making good money and, and you know, I had us a nice little nest egg and we, we rented a place and saved money and then we bought a house and I was like, yeah, things, things are coming up our way. And then I lost my job. Yeah. <laughs> and God had a real quick way of being like, he, hey, he'll, he'll, yeah yeah he was like he was like you know he will he will grow you through the struggles he puts you through he will he will strengthen you and grow you through whatever whatever tests and, and trials he allows you to, to walk through um but i do firmly believe that that everything that that i went through job wise and everything that i i learned um you know I, I said it earlier like i was i was idolizing having a position in ministry I was idolizing the idea of being a youth pastor and being in being that person that somebody looked up to and, and being the fun guy that worked at church. And I, I, I wasn't thinking about that as a, as much of a serious job as it is. Um, and yeah, you know, I it was something that me, you wanted to be more than, yeah, for my sake for rather than, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, and, and I think another thing too is like, the family that I'm in with like my wife's side of the family, you know, her oldest sister is married to a senior pastor. Her next oldest sister is married to a middle school pastor. Her brother is a worship pastor. I was the only one who wasn't working in church. And it was like, dude, like I feel so unholy compared to my family. I feel (laughs) like if I'm not working the church, I'm letting my family down. Um, And now it's like, I'm still working in a ministry adjacent role because what I do is a ministry and I work in the church, you know, 
but yeah, shoot, yeah. That's, and I mean, that's it's not it's not for me you know it's it's yeah. because god has would have me there and and everything that i did as a kid and, and growing up and all the interests that he gave me and all my experiences have culminated into where i'm at now and i wouldn't change it for the world yeah 100 percent. and dude like that's you know kind of what we started this podcast for is because we wanted to show that you you know you don't have to be a paid pastor to have a life of ministry you know, the Absolutely. Lord calls us in our everyday life to be, you know, the, it's literally called the Great Commission to go out and, and make disciples of all the nations. And it didn't say, it doesn't just say pastors go out and make disciples of all the nations. It says yeah. everyone is supposed to do that. Like we're supposed to have a life of ministry. And, you know, that's what, you know, you don't have to be a, you know, have a doctorate in, you know, you know, theological studies, which not saying that that's bad. Obviously, we need those roles. We need those people to, you know, lead and shepherd the flock. But, you know, you don't have to have that to, to have a conversation with somebody about what Jesus has done to in your life and how he's helped you and what your struggles have been. And because you never know, again, like you never know, somebody might have the same problems that, that you have been through in the past and, will benefit greatly from just hearing your story. Like just telling people your life experiences is, is a ministry in of itself. I've, I've found is, you know, cause I mean, like I said, you never know what people are going through and it's, yeah. it's again, it's funny how the Lord puts you exactly where he needs you to be because you know, you never know if you're talking to that person who is going through what you just went through, you know, yeah. like, and hey, you know, the Lord, this is what the Lord's shown me. Like, this is how I got through it. This is how the Lord got me through it. And, you know, hey, buddy, if you do this, like, don't make the same mistakes that I've done. Like, you know, trust the Lord. Like, trust yeah. the Lord. You know? I mean, it's just it's just funny to me. It's always funny. And it, 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 it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't know. You hear it. You say it. You're like, yeah, trust the Lord. The God's got this. But until you have to truly be dependent upon him and and, you know realizing just how lost we are without his guidance and without his like hand you know sh guiding our way and, and opening doors for us and, and creating opportunities where he wants us you don't understand what trusting the lord looks like like you're just saying it and that's where i was before all of this job stuff was i was just like yeah it's easy to trust the lord and then i had to truly trust him because if i didn't like bills weren't going to get paid things weren't going to get done um and so it was just it was crazy um and it's been a crazy ride and um, but even still, you know, I'm daily reminded that like my job on this earth outside of anything else is to, to love and honor God and to make disciples of all nations above everything else. That's what I'm here for. Yep. And again, this is why that verse in first Peter that, which is my, my favorite verse of all time. It's first Peter, uh, one, six is where it starts it says in this you rejoice though now for a little while if necessary you've been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of jesus christ and again you know it says it right there you know the lord uses those trials to show you how good he is, you know, and again, I mean, you know, yeah. you and I both had experiences in that, you know, we, we really thought we could do it on our own, you know, thought we had it all figured out until the Lord, you know, shows us, Hey, Hey bud, you, you really don't like, you're gonna have to trust me in this, you know, yeah. or else it's not going to work. 
We've got well, absolutely nothing figured out. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. Well, we're running out of time, but uh, it's been good to sit down. And me and John haven't sat down in a while, just me and him. It's like growing up, man. We used to do this yeah, all the time. And it's been it's been good to, to just sit down. We miss we miss Brother Rusty, okay? We're not going to yeah. discount Brother Rusty. But it's been good to, to sit down with John and everything. Well, and I guess we got uh, the SEC championship this weekend, okay? So, you know, again, prayers up for, the, for my household. Uh, <laughs> Dad and I will be watching this time, but I'm sure he'll be calling me because I'll be at the station. So I'm sure he'll you, be calling me. You got to work this time. Yeah, if I got to work, so we'll be uh, we'll be cheering the dogs on from the station. All right. Do you get to turn Seminoles? on the TV and, and watch the game? Uh, if we're not if we're not on call, yeah. Okay. Yeah, if we're that's over, what I you know, if, when around. the bell rings, we go. We gotta go. But you know, hopefully we we we'll have a we'll have a good day. We get to watch the dogs win. That's what we're that's hoping right. for. That's right. Well, thank you all yeah. again for tuning in for another day of the 1024 podcast. We appreciate Absolutely. you uh, liking and subscribing everywhere uh, everywhere that we are. We're on Apple, uh, Spot, uh, hopefully Spotify soon. We're trying to get it figured out. And uh, SoundCloud and YouTube. So please go like and subscribe. It helps us out a lot. You don't even know. Um, yeah. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll see you all next week. See you. Yeah, have a good one. Bye.